Okay, we got to the numbers from Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry just a few moments ago. 45 new cases since her last update, 25 and then another 20 new cases. Unfortunately, 11 people have passed away, 11 more people. That brings the number in BC to 69. A slight decline, though, in the number of cases in the ICU. 58 people currently in the ICU, 137 people currently in hospital. So what does this tell us? Let's bring in Jason Tetro. He is the host of the Super Awesome Science Show and he has been joining us thankfully to go through these numbers from time to time. Jason, thanks for being back with us. Uh, Good to be joining you. Uh, What do the numbers tell you as far as the fight to flatten this curve? Uh, I mean, everything is going just as well as you could be expected. Uh, I I know that we're going to unfortunately have deaths and as Dr. Henry already said, um, we're going to find out sort of over the next couple of weeks whether or not some of the people who have been contravening the social distancing, physical distancing will lead to more cases. But at the moment, the numbers show that people really are doing what they've been asked. Uh, We definitely are seeing, uh, you know, that reduction in the sort of increase of cases from day to day. And quite honestly, um, you know, now that we have some other sort of um, technologies that are coming out, such as the uh, Spartan Bioscience test, which can do it in just a few minutes, um, it looks like we're finally starting to um, move in a direction that's very positive as opposed to sort of where we've been for the last two or three weeks, which has been kind of at a standstill. Uh, The numbers also show that uh, the outbreaks uh, in long-term care facilities, there are 20 care facilities uh, on the the good side there. There were no more facilities that Mm -hmm. were added to those numbers, uh, as well as in prisons, which I I can't imagine is a huge surprise when we're dealing with people. In the one case, we're dealing with people close together that already have weakened immune systems. In the other case, we're dealing with people who probably aren't distancing. Yeah, I mean, the the health in correctional facilities is um, a huge priority, believe it or not, in Canada. And, um, you know, when you have something like this virus going into uh, any kind of uh, situation where people are, you know, put behind bars, uh, they're in very small, isolated locations, um, it can become very difficult to be able to prevent a wildfire spread. Um, You know... (sighs) I don't want people to think of it the wrong way, but when you're in a jail, it's, no very, it's not much different than some people who happen to be in long-term care facilities, nursing homes. Your, limit, your mobility is limited. Um, you find yourself around the same people all the time, and your immune systems do happen to be weak. So when we start talking about um, nursing home, long-term care facilities, and of course correctional facilities, we are seeing the most weak and, and vulnerable out of our population. And thankfully, when those numbers start to go down, as sort of we're beginning to see now, it means that we really are doing a great job out in the rest of the world. And speaking about the rest of the world, because this has been something quite controversial as well, and people seem uh, all too happy to socially shame people on various uh, different platforms. Uh, Dr. Henry reiterated today that it's okay for people to go outside. She said it's okay to go for a walk. You can even go for a picnic with a family member. The key is to stay awake, to keep that distance from others. Uh, do you think, is that, does that make sense as far as, yes, we can still keep doing these things? Well, I think what happened is the minute that we had this sort of um, social distancing, uh, as opposed to physical distancing, but social distancing, you stay home, stay home, stay lives, right? Um, uh, Save lives. What you're essentially doing is you're telling people you can't congregate amongst one another. Now, the fact of the matter is that when you start talking about physical distancing, it's a little bit different. 
But you have to get people used to the idea of not being around others within that close distance. And then what you can do is sort of relax a little bit on on that rigidity. Now, does that mean that we should be giving up the snitch lines? Probably not. And now we're seeing in some provinces, uh, you know, they're going to be literally walking the parks to hand out tickets. The fact is, is that it's still going to take some time for people to understand. It just seems that in British Columbia, because of the way the numbers have been, people seem to be getting it. It's almost like they woke up one day after uh, everybody was at the beach that one weekend a couple of weeks ago uh, and went, maybe we shouldn't have done that. And and now it's kind of like, okay, good. Let's see if we can relax it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And each baby step, we're going to get back to normal. And is it still a safe? I mean, there's been now there's been talk as well of people who are running that that runners, particularly be it on the seawall or places where it is difficult to socially distance, they aren't following the rules. And there's even more concern with runners being able to spread this virus perhaps farther than if you were just going to walk by someone. Well, I mean, it's not about spreading it farther. In other words, it's still only six feet that, uh, you know, your breath is going to go. The problem is, is now you're moving. (laughs) So what happens is that as you're exhaling, you're covering a certain distance at the same time. You're also exhaling at a much heavier rate. So therefore, there's going to be more droplets going out there. So if you happen to be running, it's very good to be able to make sure that you have that six feet distance laterally but also back and forth, you want to have a, a greater length. It's always better to be upwind, put it that way. Mm-hmm. That, that, that uh, sounds good, for sure. Um, well, you mentioned the, the rapid tests and the changing in, in tests. Do you think that's going to, to provide us a much clearer picture? Or, or what can we take when we start to be able to test and get a better idea who has antibodies and the more true numbers? Okay, so this is going to be a bit of a double-edged sword. Um, What's going to happen is that when we start having the ability to test everybody rapidly, like it's essentially moving towards, um, we're going to start to see a lot of possible new cases. That's fine because they're probably going to be mild or asymptomatic. The thing that's going to be a problem, though, is that we're going to start seeing that, um, you know, severe case ratio drop significantly. And the problem is, is that if we start lowering below that 1%, you know, death rate, and we start getting close and close and close to what pandemic influenza was 10 years ago, people are going to start getting real complainy. So we have to understand something. This virus does nasty things to people who are most vulnerable, and we are doing our best to protect them. The problem is, is we didn't have the testing in place to only focus on protecting them. So we had to take a much larger action. When we start getting to the point where we can do this testing, we're going to see the ability to relax those restrictions. That's fine. But nobody should get angry. Nobody should start talking about this being an overreaction as we move forward. All right. We will leave it there. Thank you once again, uh, Jason, for coming on the program to talk about this. I'm sure we will talk to you again soon. It was a pleasure. Take care. All right. Jason Tetro is the host of the Super Awesome Science Show, responding to the latest numbers put out by Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix today. Some interesting numbers when it comes to ferry travel as well. Adrian Dix saying that the major routes last year on the Easter long weekend, 173 284,000. So more than 173,000 people traveled from the Thursday to the Sunday. This year, 14,000. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. 
Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.